All right, you got your camera? You got a bag? You ready to go? Jump on in. We're heading down the road. My name's April, and I'm an award-winning landscape photographer and tour guide. I've been leading small group photo tours for over 20 years. For photographers, non-photographers, and anyone else that just likes to go for a great trip. So welcome to my podcast, Eyes for the Road. Thanks for joining me on Eyes for the Road. Today, we have special guest Jeff Folger, also known as Jeff Foliage from Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, to me, he's kind of the expert on all things photography in New England and during fall foliage season, which is huge. He's started, he was Yankee Magazine's first blogger, did a lot of articles for Yankee Magazine, did photography, was interviewed by the Weather Channel probably more than once. Every fall he gets contacted by all of the big news agencies in New England, the Boston Globe for one and many others to find out where the best colors are gonna be, what time of year and what to do. So it's a lot of pressure on being the fall foliage guru as I think of him. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Jeff. And I'll start off by asking you to tell us a little bit about your journey. What, when you got that passion for photography and specifically hooked on New England during fall foliage season. <laughs> well, thank you, April. Uh, I started in a land far, far away from New England in uh, <laughs> Erie, Pennsylvania. I was about eight years old. My dad gave me a little you know, uh, dual reflex camera. Um, I immediately probably lost it. He upgraded me and continued on until I moved up to an SLR. Um, he taught me photography. He taught me to develop black and white, things like that. And over the years, um, I took his place. He was the photographer when he was growing up, uh, taking family portraits and things like that. And I just naturally fell into it myself. Today, you know, when we get together, the family gets together, it's, Jeff, you got your camera? <laughs> of course. And uh, I continue on. Um, I joined the military out of uh, college and traveled the world. I didn't shoot as much as I would have liked. Um, and towards the end of my career, um, I would visit my family in New England. My dad had moved up here, my sister and her new husband and family and my uncle are all live up here in New England. So it just seemed natural when I retired that <laughs> No. It's kind of a misnomer. I didn't really retire. I had to go get another yeah, job. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't I, think... <laughs> yeah, I didn't retire so much as I switched careers. There you go. Uh, That's a better... Yeah, much uh, more succinct. Uh, anyway, the uh, I, I returned up here. Uh, even the year or two before I retired, though, I would, I would take vacation in September, you know, expecting to see this grand you know color display of fall color and i would be sadly uh dismayed at seeing just a few leaves here and a few leaves there because i was down in you know uh, massachusetts or southern new hampshire and the colors don't really get going until late september and that's right. further north um when i retired uh, my first uh, fall i just set out um, i would be middle of september you know, 10th of September, I'm heading up to uh, New Hampshire. I'm not seeing anything. I'd come uh, home. I'd gosh. go and 
explore. And then yeah, probably about the oh third week in September, I'm starting to see some color. I'm getting excited. And I submitted some shots to the Yankee Magazine Fall Foliage page. Uh, they have a gallery of users' pictures. Right. So I submitted pictures. And I um, actually, over the next few months, I submitted a lot of pictures. <laughs> yeah. They I was, uh, yeah. They said I was a... Uh, uh, one of the more. Um, uh, That's before they I, set I, limits, I, I think, I submitted too, a right? Lot of, yeah. I forget the exact words they use, but I submitted a lot of pictures. And uh, after that, in the uh, I actually got word in um, 2004 because they had their first, um, I want to say, uh, contest, fall foliage yeah, contest. Yeah, I think you, that was get, the first year they first really year, did it. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I had, in 2003, I had a uh, picture put on their newsletter. Uh, one of my fall foliage pictures was on their fall newsletter, and I was like, oh, I, wow, look, I put it up on the refrigerator and everything. I was, oh, I was I really would, excited. Yeah, I'd be so excited. It's great to get that but plug. It, yeah, but it, it's a nice plug, but it's like um, uh, they, they did that every week for everybody, you know, oh. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> – quite a big a deal but it sure felt cool and it got me into their fall foliage forum which was this old um bulletin board system where people would you know log in and you know you would share information and i learned a lot about what i didn't know and um i read all the magazines i i was very active in the forums the next fall rolls around the forums start being active again and i'm I'm working a day job, but I'm heading up into uh, New Hampshire, and I'm heading up further north now, knowing that I've – what I didn't know before is you've got to be way north. Oh, yeah, gonna, to start in, in at least. September. Yes. So I learned a lot from being on there, um, and then they asked me to be a, a forum moderator uh, because I was constantly bugging them. Uh, saying, hey, we got spammers in here. Can you guys take care of this? And they're like, well, would you like to take care of it? We, we'd make you one, you know, if you want to take care of it. And I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll do that. So I became the forum moderator. And uh, then uh, another year or two goes by, and 2006, and they uh, said, hey, we, we got this thing. We, we're going to do a blog. Do you know what a blog is? <laughs> um, sort of. <laughs> yeah. So my first foray into really blogging. And I have a very conversational style. I don't. I'm not a uh, a noted author or writer or anything. At least not yet. And uh, the you know process. You know, talking to people, telling them where I'm finding fall colors. I'd go out in the autumn and uh, I'd tell people, well, I was up in Sugar Hill this weekend and it would look glorious. Uh, I was over in Woodstock in Vermont and the covered bridge looks great. You know, and things like that. And they really in. in appreciated that right and you shared that, a yeah. lot of great information i mean just you were able to spend a lot of time out on the road i think yes and i got paid for it so it, it the first year or two it wasn't paid but after that they started paying me so i was like eh, this isn't too bad so where are we at now <laughs> so so you got hooked i think like all of us do with the i mean just the photography and the vistas and the fact that it changes year to year i think when you talk oh, yeah. about the colors, it's like it's nature, so it's never quite the same. So I think that's what drives us once we get hooked. So Jeff has a f website now. It's jeff-foliage.com. 
And he's also on Facebook at New England Fall Foliage, and he's got over 10,000 followers. So tell us all about your website and what people can find there, because it's just a wealth of information, I think. Well, the website has all my articles that I've written. There's about 300 of them up there. And what I did was um, under, if you go to the menu line at the top, I've broken out um, current posts, but you can go to my archives and you can search by year or you can search just the uh, forecasts and reports. Um, I will make a forecast, which is basically a wag, a wild ass guess <laughs> of what I think it's going to be like this fall. I mean, this spring I'm forecasting for good solid color. I think it's going to be um, I don't think we've received too much rain. Too much rain is a bad thing. You can get tar spot and uh, the le the maple leaves, especially the red ones, can be affected by it. And in 2007, we lost a lot of uh, red oh, leaves. They yeah. just go up and turn brown, and we get a lot of orange, yellow, and no reds. Right. Um, if we don't get too much rain this spring, you know, we'll see what happens. The uh, you can also just hit the one of the items is planning your trip. Anything I've marked as planning ideas, uh, whether they're tour ideas, trip ideas, uh, route ideas, you could locate them under that. Um, if you're just interested in Vermont, then you go to locations by state and pick Vermont or pick New Hampshire or pick Massachusetts. I don't have a ton on Connecticut, Rhode Island. That's my fault. But uh, <laughs> I, I have articles to write. I just haven't gotten around to them. Right. And I think and I think the focus tends to be on the three. When she say kind of the northern New England, the Vermont, the New, you know, New Hampshire, don't you feel that that's the area of focus kind of in the they're fall? My favorite. Yeah, they're my favorite. And most everybody wants to go there. It doesn't mean that Maine doesn't have wonderful fall colors, uh, especially along the coastlines. Um, you can get up around Greenville. Uh, Rangeley Lake is a beautiful drive just going around the lake. There's a state park on the southern edge of it, uh, conservation lands. Um, the uh, oh, just it, it just goes on and on. No, but, it goes yeah. on and on. Just like you said with like Rhode Island, there's pockets in Rhode Island. There's places in Connecticut, Massachusetts. Um, also on your website, though, you have you could search by topics, right? Like yep. you can search by like scenic drives. Or covered bridges, that's fall a big, festivals. That's a big oh, yeah. covered bridges. I still haven't got them all. I've been here for years, and I still haven't gotten them all. I probably have about half of them, and uh, you know I haven't really. You know, it's having the time and the focus. You know, it's I, I find them by accident. The blacksmith uh, covered bridge in New Hampshire. It's right near uh, the Windsor Cornish Bridge. And if you don't know it's there, you drive right by it, and you'd never know it was there because it's down and away right. um, below the lot, below the eyesight on the street when the road as you go by. There's no road that leads to it anymore. You can walk across it, but it, it, they're a little hidden. Maybe I need an article on that hidden covered Hid bridges. Hidden gems. I know, isn't it crazy? It's <laughs> and they hang a flat that the town. Hangs an American flag on the front of it. I've got pictures of it. They're gorgeous, oh. and but they hang an American flag right on. It's it's one of two covered bridges that I know of that the town or somebody hangs an American flag on the covered bridge. 
Oh, nice. And also on your website, you've got like a forum. Do you still have the forum type feature? Well, the forum links directly over. Well, actually, the forum now links to um, the foliage forum, which is a bulletin board up. Uh, I, w I would say it's it's in Vermont because oh, that's wonderful. Um, it's up in the uh, up in um, the cloud there. Uh, a friend of mine, John, up in Island Pond runs it and i go in there and answer questions from time to time or he answers questions he does photography and he does drones and he's uh been he started his drones last year but um we run that uh, kind of in the old way the old-fashioned way people right. question answer there you know the way uh, yankees forum used to run now they've kind of moved away from that they went straight to facebook and they they only deal with that you can post your pictures there and uh but if somebody wanted an older experience the bulletin boards you know type of experience then they would go to um this forum right you know, the fully I think it's just foliageforum.com. Yeah, I believe it is too. That's true. Yeah. So, um, my computer just restarted. So I was like, oh, oh okay. that's okay. So, tips yeah. on planning. Um, you know, we get, you, you see them too. I see those questions where it's like, hey, I want to come to New England for a week in the fall and I want to hit all six states. So, what are some tips on planning for a first timer to new england because every year there's more and more tourists i think i saw somewhere oh gosh a couple million 8.2 million visitors just in new hampshire alone last year so that number i think just keeps growing yes it is a very popular sport uh leaf peeping as we like to call it and the biggest thing that or the biggest mistake that I think people make is trying to do too much with too little time. Um, like you said, you know, six states in two days. You can do it. You'll never leave the car. And that, to me, that just defeats the entire purpose. Um, yeah, you're going to see a lot of leaves. It's hard to shoot leaves when you're driving by at 60 <laughs> miles an hour. And it, it's, to me, it needs to be a relaxation. Um, most people need a vacation from their vacation and i don't see a good purpose in that uh, you should come up you know spend if you spend a weekend plan on visiting one spot right don't make it your bucket list item you know don't make it you know this is the only time i'm going to be able to come up here I, i'm never going to do it again please don't do that yeah exactly. it's really i mean a lot of people do it they, they you know they they just they don't think they're going to come back again but i think once somebody comes up here and they experience what we have to offer, then they're hooked. They've oh, got I to agree. Come back. I think you do. You get hooked on just all of the different things to see and eat and just being there in the crisp fall days and the leaf color. It's gorgeous. So what are oh, some okay. other good planning tips for these first timers? Well, it depends on A, when you come up, but B, what kind of person you are. If you can just lay your head down wherever, you don't care about your lodgings, then you don't really need too much uh, to have reservations. But if you gotta have it a certain way, you wanna have a fireplace going, you want uh, the B&B, &B, you want certain things, you want it, you know, you want that breakfast routine and um, then, 
you might want to research it on you know where you'd like to stay what kind of place you'd like to stay and get reservations ahead of time you know if you're kind of a carefree you know drive by the seat of your pants kind of person you know they can go on my site i have a link for um i go i use this myself it's called uh uh, hotelscombined.com. I have a link to it all, all over my site. And I'm an affiliate, so yes, I get a few pennies. Uh, yeah. But I don't make a living off of it in any shape or fashion. But the uh, you know, I go on there when I'm up in Stowe. I did this a couple of years ago where I it was late in the afternoon. I had no reservations. It was around, I don't know, the 10th to the 15th of October. Kind of prime and time. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, I went to my website via wireless and I just searched and I said, oh, in Stowe, $97. And this is after I left Stowe, went wow. up through Smuggler's Notch, over Route 15, came down, came back around to 100, came back up to Stowe. It's about 9 p.m. Oh, I'm dead yeah. tired. Now you're exhausted. And I was looking all that way, all that way. I was looking for some place to stay. And if I just stayed where I was, used the app, I would have had a room for $97 in Stowe. And it was a very comfortable, nice room. Um, I, I found it to be very, I well, think it was at that point, are, You're just so tired. Your eyes are like. <laughs> yeah, you don't care anymore at that right. point. But that really defeats the purpose. You know, it's like um, pick a place, you know, and say, well, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to be in this area somewhere, right? You know, and just search, find, you know, say, oh, this one's uh, one hundred and ten dollars. We can do that, you know. And they they do a continental breakfast, or they you know do whatever. They have a fireplace or whatever. You know, pick it. You can reserve it right then and there, and then you can continue your adventure through the afternoon, and then show up and uh, you have a room for the night. So, reservations for those who got to have it a certain way. Make them ahead of time. If you don't, then, you know, uh, try. Yeah, I mean, you can use Kayak. You can use uh, Travago, uh, any of these. They all do about the same thing. Right. And you can locate based on what your current location is or what town you're nearby and locate someplace to stay. If it's the Columbus Day weekend, forget it. Please oh, get oh, reservations. Yeah. Exactly. Friday through Monday, Get reservations now. I was looking up in uh, New Hampshire near Stark or okay. up in that vicinity. and No, it was Dixville Notch. And, the, you know, half the places had one room left. Really? For, as of today? That was, yeah, that was, well, that was as, as of a week ago. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So Dixville Notch, there's not a lot, I mean, uh, there's not a lot of towns near there. Uh, mm -hmm. Dixville Notch just town itself it's you know next door and you know so it's like you know you have to kind of plan ahead for some of these things if you especially if you're going to do it during the columbus day weekend well i think any of those october weekends too people forget that or they just don't know i mean i i didn't mm -hmm. know until luckily my parents had been going to new england but there's all you know these are small college towns there's a lot of weekend activities parents weekend homecoming fall festivals so now you've also got all the people from Boston, New York City wanting to just pop up for a fall weekend. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's so much to do up here. You know, you have the Highland Games up in uh, Franconia Notch there. You know, that's going to that fills up 
every single bed for uh, about 50 miles around uh, Franconia, Littleton, that area. Um, you know, you don't want to catch that weekend by accident or you're going to be much, much further away than you plan on being just because right. there won't be anything in that area. Right. Other tips, I think, too, I think people forget you mentioned that you could drive a lot during these days, but the best places to capture some of the images that you've captured and have on your website and on Fine Art America is by getting off those main highways and getting on the two lane roads. And then we're talking speeds, what, 30 miles an hour? Or... Maybe. Yeah, you can generally do 30. And Yankee um, has a uh, do's and don'ts. And one of the don'ts is don't stay on the road. Um, don't don't if you got a line of traffic, you know, point uh, eight miles behind you, you know, just everybody's waiting for you because you're <laughs> you're leaf peeping and you're like, oh, ooh, ah. Um, if you can safely pull over and let everybody pass you. Always keep an eye on just as much as the colors are in front of you. There's a line of there may be a line of traffic behind you, so don't travel so slowly. Um, if you're on a dirt road, you may find that you have somebody right on your rear. Um, that could be a farmer who's trying to get someplace. They use the back roads, the dirt roads, um, to avoid the streets and highways that the leaf peepers all take. But I always tell people get on those dirt roads. They're well maintained. And uh, I drove a sedan. I've driven a full-size truck. I've driven a sedan. I now have an all-wheel vehicle, all-wheel drive. And, you know, so it's like I haven't had ever, well, not too many times, <laughs> um, you know, uh, know what you're driving on. Don't pay attention to just your GPS. Really oh, look true. at what you're driving on. I did once, you know, I, I – the GPS said, oh, that, that that continues up here and it goes over here and it comes out on top of this hill over here. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'm following it. And all of a sudden I'm starting to I'm in a sedan, right. four door, <laughs> uh, old man car. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, all of a sudden uh, I'm I'm no, I can't go any further on this. Oh, my God. No. And I basically I, I managed to get turned around on this very narrow dirt uh, rock road oh, wow. probably surprised the hell of the people because I, I came flying back out of where i just came in and the people on the on the porch are looking at me going you know they're sorry thinking they had to come and get me uh oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it was like it was not good so every once in a while don't i mean a gps is a wonderful device a real gps the gps on your phone not so much you need a cell signal to, for that to work. Um, so if you have a, if you can get a real GPS, Garmin or any of the other major brands, and uh, also have a gazetteer, number one tip, have a gazetteer and GPS. If you're staying on more main roads, you know, off the highway, but main streets and stuff, your phone GPS is going to work great up here. Right. Um, or the car navigation, whatever, if you have a rental. Um, but if you're really getting into the um, the back roads and um, up into the notches of New Hampshire, then you might um, want to have a, a real GPS. But in general, I've not had – I have one in my car. I haven't had to resort to it except up in Maine um, in the last five years. Right. So between car navigation, my cell phone, I've done pretty good. Um, Kankamagus, you don't need the GPS on it too much. No. Nope. But – 
there's no cell signal either. So GPS is going to say, you know, we can't help you here. We right. can't find it. But in general, you're pretty much good. Yeah, some of the uh, main but, scenic routes, if, you know, and the ones that yeah. you've highlighted on your website. Yeah. Those are, you, you know, you Route to, 100. If it's your first time, there's some great gems just by choosing a few of the main routes as yeah. well. It, so. You're hitting Route 100, Route 7, um, Route 2, Route 15 in Vermont, um, Route 3, Vermont and New Hampshire. Uh, and you can search for those if you have a particular route search for it on my website because I if, I if my article talks about going between point A and point B on Route 2 and what's along that, you can search for it and, you know, start there. And, and you um, share your pictures. You share photos of actually the places, where to get this postcard image, which route it's off of, if it's off of Route 100, Route 7. And you could easily fill a week on you know, some of these routes, like 100 goes from north to south of Vermont. And doesn't it continue beyond that as well? It goes, it, it continues down into Massachusetts, but it stops at the Canadian border. But yeah, um, you could to thoroughly explore Route 100. And there's all the covered bridges that are not on Route 100, but they're just off Route 100. You know, and then, you know, I've got, um, you know, maple tree lined roads that I talk about here and there. Um, uh, yeah, I think right near Killington is one. And um, but you know, it's like it depends on what you're looking for. I always talk about um, your interest plus your date equals the location you want to go, because the earlier means that you've got to be further north. And if you were a uh, antiques person, Route Four in New Hampshire going over into Vermont is Antique Alley. There's all these antiques uh, shops and uh, junk shops and all these really neat things along Route 4. But it's down south right. and it's gonna be much later. So you take your interest, what are you really, what are you looking for? I mean, you're just generally looking for covered bridges. Well, covered bridges go north to south and you can hit them at any time. Right, there's but lots of covered things. bridges, yes. Yeah, and if you wanna do the coast, you're gonna do later. Coast is always going to be um, towards the end, mid to end of October and into November, especially if you get down to Boston. Somebody says, well, I'm going to do two or three days in Boston, then I'm going to drive up north. And I say, well, let's reverse that. Let's land in Boston, drive to the north, and then as you come back down, finish and spend two or three days in Boston because now the colors might be started a little bit more. Right, exactly. It's there's usually a timeline to things. Um, yeah. Northern Vermont, northern New Hampshire, northern Maine, um, late September to early uh, November if we have a late year. And uh, then the colors just proceed south and southwest from there. And you know, if you wanted to get colors along uh, Salem, um, you're going to really hit the 1st of November. 31st of October. Being here the 31st of October can be a bit of a Mardi Gras party. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The colors, the colors will continue. Right, with Halloween. Exactly. Yes, with Halloween. So as so, a photographer, share some tips on how someone can go home with that wall-worthy New England, you know, photo from their trip. Start your day early, like before dawn. 
uh, or end your day and or end your day late in the afternoon, three o'clock on. Um, you can relax at lunchtime or maybe hit a uh, either a harvest festival or a farmer's stand or things like that. I have found some of my prettiest colors is shooting at dawn. And this is just a photographer's standard. Dawn, you know, an af late afternoon into the sunset time period, um, the golden hour, the blue hour, depending on what you want to call it. Those are the times we get our best pictures when the oh, sun is yes. directly are... overhead. Um, I was at the Beaver Pond, which is Kinsman Notch up in uh, New Hampshire. And I found it by, instead of getting on Route 112, which is Kankamagas Highway, and heading over to Conway from Lincoln, I decided to go the opposite direction. And I wound my way through Woodstock, New Hampshire, not to be confused with Woodstock, Vermont. <laughs> and I continued along Route 112 there, and I found the beaver pond. Um, it took me a several years before I got there at right at dawn. And the hills are all lit up uh, in gold with the gold, you know, dawn sunlight. And there's a lot of reds and oranges and yellows and a perfect mirrored reflection in the beaver pond. And it, it was just and, one of the, And that yeah. is, that's key, get set up before that yeah. light starts to hit. So yeah. there's a, actually there? a website too for people that aren't familiar. I think it's called sunrisesunset.com where if they know what area they're going to be, what town, that way they can set their clock. Because Jeff is right. Get out there. That's one excellent tip. So some more yep. tips for... Well, you can also hit Photographer's Ephemeris, uh, TPE. Um, it's a free download for your computer, but I think it might be a cost one for a uh, phone. But y you can find out where the sun is coming up and the moon oh. is going to set. Nice. Um, by using that. Yeah. So wherever you're located and it'll tell you where the what angle where the sun is exactly going to come up over the horizon. And it'll also tell you where the moon where the sun's going to set and where the moon will rise and set as well. That's called the photographer's ephemeris, I think is the correct pronunciation. I hope. Yeah, uh, we'll put these links. <laughs> that, that's a good one. We'll add these to the show notes, too. Okay. And what um, about bad weather? You know, sometimes people think that that's not a good, you know, they. I get this a, a lot when I lead my tours, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to rain in the morning. I'm not getting up. You go out. And and me, it's it, like, I get up, whatever. What are your thoughts? It, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity because I've had many times, I mean, if it's pouring down torrential rain, yeah, there's not much you can do about that. But if it's... um you know, a light rain, I protect my camera. The colors are usually saturated from the rain. Um, if you don't include this gray sky, I mean, it depends. You have to change your focus. You know, you're not shooting uh, whole hillsides. Um, one thing I will say is I've gone, <laughs> uh, I don't know how smart it was. Um, <laughs> I'm not noted for smart some days, but I was up in... Um, uh, Merlon, uh, Milan, New Hampshire. They have uh, the Milan uh, State Park, and there's a uh, fire tower hill. Ooh. And you go up into the park, and you can go two to three levels up in the fire tower. Oh, nice. And to get kind of the I went up, and it was rain. Every t almost every time I've got, not every time, but I'd say nine times out of ten, 
I've gone up there and it's been eh, not good weather, you know, very low hanging clouds. And you can see the hills sticking up into the clouds. Oh, that sounds nice. Really? And the color and if the colors are really pronounced, they make for some very dramatic pictures. Um, I went up one time and it it was raining. You know, it wasn't a a torrential downpour, but it was somewhere between a mist and a little bit heavier. Um, And there was a rainbow going over the valley, you know, um, the one downside. This tower is made of metal. (laughs) If it's lightning, do not go up in the tower. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, but it wasn't lightning. So I kind of feel it wasn't the most stupid thing I could have done, but it could have been if it suddenly started lightning. But I've been up there and I've photographed many times. Um, It's just um, up Route 16B, I believe, and on the eastern side away from Stark, New Hampshire, which is another gorgeous place because um, you have a church with the spires and an old uh, meeting house church next, right next to a covered bridge. Oh, and there's beautiful. a big, uh, I think it's called Devil's Hill behind it, you know, which gets covered in fall colors. And if you go respectfully up into the cemetery, you can shoot across and get the church and the covered bridge. Another Should be noted postcard that, picture. Oh, massive postcard one. Wall yes. hanger. And, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is quite a nice one, and um, it it it's usually best, I would say, around the tenth of October. And I usually, when I do talk about these things in my articles, I will tell you when, or try to uh, tell you when I took the picture. It's different every year, like you've noted. So it depends from your kind of a ballpark, though. It does give you some guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to show up on 30 October and go to northern New Hampshire. It's going to be bare. Right. And I think also it should be noted as far as your tips, you know, that proverbial when is the best time that you really follow the different sources like the Forest Service. And you really have learned so much about the whole scientific part of what goes on kind of behind the magic of the of the leaf change i keep i definitely uh, keep track of it i watch the uh climate prediction people at NOAA, and everybody can look at their site you can check the drought status you can look um what they think their guess also they've got a very educated scientific guess um and i i use them a lot in my prediction you know to this year should be we're going back into what would they call an el nino and it's going to be a little bit warmer in the fall going in again and it doesn't seem like even though we were la nina it doesn't seem like it got all that much cooler sooner mm-hmm. uh, we're going back into an el nino i think that's the current status but our drought levels are way down well, all that, across that's the good nation. yeah yeah even out where you're at, you're you're way down, I think, from where you were, right? Oh yeah, exactly. But you had a lot. Of, more, we had a yeah. Lot. More importantly, what it means, what that means, though, with the moisture, is the the leaves tend to be more brilliant. In your experience, um, can be. It, it, it's a double-edged sword. Um, the drought, when you have a dry September, it causes the sugars to concentrate Mm. and more sugars means brighter colors 
if we have a very rainy September all the way through, then we're going to have colors, but they're not going to be as pronounced as when there's a, a less rain. I would my to me a perfect year would be good rain, average rain all the way through August, and then in September tapering off. We don't have much going into October, right? And we very pronounced colors at that point um right now i can just say well we're going to have i think happy leaves happy leaves mean means they have strong connections to their branches right. and they're going to stay on the trees longer which means the colors may start slower but they're going to be they're going to ramp up slower and they're going to stay on the trees longer and uh which gives us more days to go chase photography get pictures exactly <laughs> exactly that's what i'm looking at right now um if we have um even if we don't have as cold temperatures as i'd like if, if it's sunny days all in september um mostly going into october we're going to see bright colors all, all through there you know it, it's all these things matter everything means at everything re reacts to everything else okay so it all matters the temperature matters it's the leaves are still going to change whether we get cooled off or not right but it's if we get the cooler temperatures nighttime temperatures drop down into the 30s daytime temperatures are warm um we have sunny days more than cloudy days the temperatures are going to be brilliant oh yeah it's perfect so, so tell us tell us what's in your photography bag Everyone always wants to know what what we have in our bag, if we have any, you know, what type of lenses, that type of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I, I, I just shoot with a cell phone now. Oh, <laughs> well, hey, you, we can get some good pictures with cell phones. Oh, you know? yeah. I, I have an S6. Um, it's not the newest. And I firmly believe that this is, you know, it, I wouldn't want to zoom in with it. Don't don't zoom in with these things. With the but cell phone? It, it, no, it, I wouldn't want to zoom in either. <laughs> but um, I have I shoot Canon, uh, just like my dad did, and I have I've upgraded to the eighty um, D. Oh wow! It's hard to say that. Nice. If you say it together, um, the eight zero D, and um, I have a twenty four to one hundred five lens, um, image stabilized. It's um, very sharp it's getting a bit old i've had i used to shoot weddings with it um and i have a 100 macro lens um image stabilized i have a um let's see i think it's 11 to 18 oh a um, nice wide zoom, angle that's a wide angle lens um which comes in handy when You've got a very dramatic sky. Let's say that you know the, the sky is very dramatic overhead. You know, with lots of interesting clouds right. and things. Oh, nice! And you've got a reflection on the water, and you can get the overall you know feel of what it all looks like in one single shot. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I tend my my standard lens um, sometimes polarized. I have a circular polarizer. Is um, you know the twenty-four to one hundred five. Um, 77 millimeter um, thread and it's uh, to me that's, that's my standard go-to um, right and that's probably what you've shot you'd say a majority of your 
99% of most of my images were shot with that lens. I rarely take it off of the camera. Nice. What about other little gadgets? Anything, you know, like I always try to carry a, a lens cloth or anything like that. That's helpful. Well, yeah, that goes without saying. Uh, my bag is full of things from I've got a, a 10 stop uh, filter, um, the big stopper, they call it. And um, what do you like to use that for? Um, sunsets more than anything else. Or if I want to really blur the water, um, if I want um, streams to be really like cotton candy, right? you know, just right. showing a lot of movement. It takes, you know, 10, 20 seconds for an image to get through this filter. Um, in the fall, uh, I, I might use it as a sunset type of effect, you know, especially if I'm near the water. Um, Wait, I will what does that do then for the sky actually for people that aren't, uh, haven't used it yet? It depends on your sky. If you have fast-moving clouds, mm -hmm. it would allow them to blur. And a lot of people will uh, stack their shots. There's a star stacking software that you use for um, star shots at night. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to get the trail, star trails. Um, but if you use it during the day, you know this type of filter, it will, um, instead of using that kind of program, it would allow... Clouds to show movement, leaves oh, wow. will show, but um, water, if you, if it's, you know, just moving, it will smooth out to like a mirror. And um, so if I'm shooting a lighthouse or something like that, it makes for, um, I mean, the lighthouse, you know, the light's blinking, it records the light eventually. Mm -hmm. um, it also, you know, if the ocean is just slightly choppy. By the time you get done with an exposure with this thing, it's flat like glass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I've used it a lot for water, but I hadn't really thought much about the sky. Yeah. Would it, you know? Well, yeah, and it's a matter of playing with it. You know, um, do I use it a lot for this purpose? No. Um, but it is in my bag. It is something I consider to be valuable to use um, this sort of thing. And, you know, if you're shooting late afternoon and you're shooting into the sun, you know, uh, uh, graduated de you know neutral density lenses i uh, have them in you know three different ranges of stops so you can you know block out the sky right. and allow the foreground to come through so lots of these things uh, are available to be in your bag yeah you know, and a tripod and a, a tripod. tripod you still use a tripod <laughs> that's good Ooh. yes um in at dawn and at sunset i've shot after sunset um, getting, you know, really saturated colors in the water, um, like a pond oh, and nice. the reflection of, you know, a building and or, um, trees around it. And it, it's invaluable, even though I've got image stabilized lenses, things like that. The, um, you know, you generally, if you get above anywhere from a half a second to a second and above, you know, you can't hold it steady enough to get it even with image stabilization you're going to get a blurry picture right not a uh what not what you intended and then and then you're not able to like for people that are just starting out you're not able to blow it up nice and large for a beautiful something yeah. to put on your wall you know it might look nice in your little viewfinder but once you start blowing yeah. it up you're going to realize you'll notice that it it, it yeah it's nothing there's nothing there's nothing for the eye to focus on it's all about the composition and 
you know, putting something in the image that's really sharp that the eye focuses on, you know, the uh, item of interest and, you know, what you want people to look at. You know, if you just want them to look at a wall of, you know, pretty colors, it's like, yeah, mm, yeah. yeah okay, you know, blur it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to matter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I like, I'm very picky. I, I When I print a fall foliage picture, you know, it's like, I'm very picky as to what I print. Um, in general, I, I will. I'm looking for something that means something to me. So they've been somewhere, they've visited right. something particular, covered bridge um, that you know they traveled through and they really enjoyed, and you know uh, make the bridge really sharp. And you know if you're standing there, it's the sun's about down. And the camera tells you it's not bright enough. You know, you've got to go longer. It's going to, it says, well, your exposure is going to be, you know, four seconds. Well, you need to have something, either balance it on a, a rock or balance it on something where you're not touching the camera, inducing movement. Right. Or purchase a inexpensive tripod. I mean, uh, the better the tripod, the better the shot's going to be, the, fir- the steadier the tripod. But. Any tripod's better than no tripod. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. after all the, I, I would even beg a guess as to how many thousands of images you've taken over your fall foliage oh. travels. Yeah. Um, I, I had a, I had a Salem um, reporter, you know, talking to me some years back and I, I've probably got over, you know, 50,000 images that I've taken. I've, I don't know how many I've thrown away. But right. you know, I've taken at least that many, if not a fair number more. So for someone like you, what is on your fall wish list this year, would you say? Uh, I can't find my spreadsheet or my uh, I have a word document for that and I haven't seen it lately. Um, is, it a lo- is it a particular location? Is it going back to something? There are locations where things that I still want to capture. Um, obviously, there's more covered bridges. There's always seems to be more covered bridges for me to capture. Um, I want to capture... Hmm. Oh, I would say more rural things up in Vermont... Um, finding better farms. I, I, I go and capture the Jenny farm or the yeah, sleepy hollow. Right. You know, they're, they're pretty well captured. Uh, people have a little trouble finding them. Um, but the, um, you know, getting out there and finding more locations that, um, can be new iconic locations. That's what I'm looking for. Something that isn't one of, uh, John Kaplan's, uh, Oh, exactly. Standard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen a few of his and I found a few and uh, they're, some of them have gone away because the trees are no longer there. The building's fallen down or something else. So I'm looking for new iconic locations. Yeah. that I think that's a constant what drives us to keep going because I have that same issue. I, I'm driving down the road and I see a great barn, but you're not always able to pull off or the barns too close to the road. So then it's how do you get that right angle for the, for the yeah. shot that and, you have in mind and getting permission to get it too. You know, I've had people, you know, tell me that, you know, well, they didn't let me, they, you know, they didn't want to let me 
get it. You know, oh. they, they disapproved it, you know, and I'm like, well, then you're disapproved. Don't don't worry about it. Go find someplace else. That brings I had up somebody... an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Not to just assume that you can just go trampling through and over, you know, that you're there. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I I was up in, I think I was in Vermont. I don't remember exactly. It was Vermont or New Hampshire. And uh, there was a, a really kind of picturesque barn, had a nice backdrop of fall colors. And somebody was in the garden and uh, up near the road. And I, I, I came up to the fence and I said, hey, can I photograph the barn? Um, I wasn't going to go on the property. Right. But I wanted to you know, photograph the barn. They said, no, I'd rather you didn't. Oh, really? And I walked away. I, I just walked away. Wow. And they said, they said hey, where are you going? I said. I was like, well, you said no. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to take a picture of it. And, you know, he said, well, you're the first one. Everybody else just says, you know, says the heck with me and takes the picture anyways. Ooh. So I feel bad that the general impression for, you know, people living in, you know, New Hampshire or Vermont or wherever is that, you know, people will just disregard what they want and still take the picture because, they want to take the picture. You know, they they feel that they're in the right because they're not on this person's property. You're on the road, possibly taking the picture. And yes, you are in theory right. But you leave a much worse impression for everybody else. You know, to, so to me, I'd rather leave a better impression and have him think better of photographers who are and I'll treat everybody as a photographer. I don't care if you've got a little uh, point-and-shoot camera, your phone, or anything else. Um, you know, I'll treat everybody, or call everybody at least, photographers. Right. And, you know, should respect other people's uh, property. I mean, if you cross over that fence and you get out there halfway in the field, and all of a sudden you realize that the bull in the field, <laughs> um, you know, doesn't want you there. Um, you better be a track star because he can probably cross that field in 3.2 seconds and you can't, uh, not carrying your gear, especially, but, um, <laughs> no, I think, so. but I think you did, you brought up a point that I like to always share with those that travel with me and that you probably mentioned on your website as well is just be respectful and, you know, you know, again, I see it at Jenny Farm, which has become a popular location and people line up in the road and won't move when the farmer's trying to come through. And so it's very yeah. important to be respectful because it goes for all of us. We all want to enjoy photographing these barns and some of these locations. Mm-hmm. And if you you're kind of branding us all when you you're the one that's causing the issues, that gives us all a bad name. Yeah, uh, I was just up there. The, back in January, February, uh, at the Jenny Farm, I went down to the house. I put five dollars in the bin um, by the tree, which is still up year round. Right. And um, I asked him about several. I haven't done an article on this, so you get a you get a preview oh, of the article. Okay, great. Um, and you know, I I, I told him you know I, I I wanted to buy some maple syrup. Right. And he had some of last year's. I said that'd be fine. Yeah. I'll take last year's. Yeah. Uh, so I bought a, I bought a half gallon of syrup, and I, I asked him some questions. Like, um, I noticed that you know you've put up a, a fence, uh, just a uh, a wire, you know, just an electric fence. It's a low one. Right. Um, and it's um, he says the cows go up there now. 
Yeah, they do go up there. Yeah, so if you're up there and the cows are there, you might not want to set up your camera. Um, Please be respectful if that's where the cows are, right where the photographers like to be. Um, I I saw them almost have a fight. You know, photographers, not the cows. And (laughs) uh, it's fun watching the cows have it now. But uh, (laughs) the guys were yelling at each other. Oh, they were? That's terrible. I've been here. I've been here all morning. I own this spot. This is my spot. Oh, my god. And I was like, really? I mean, there was like 30 photographers up there that one morning I was there at dawn. And I got some nice shots, but I just moved around. And I just, I went down the hill a little ways. I went over on the driveway. Right. I moved around and it was like, you know, if some, I, I just tightened in and just got rid of the people out of my shot if there was a photographer in the way. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's like he just wishes that people would be respectful of the property. He doesn't mind that people come in and take pictures. He's perfectly OK with that. And we're very we're very grateful for that, by the way, because Jenny Farm is that a, is that iconic postcard shot? You see it everywhere. So we want to help him preserve it. So again, putting money in the donation box. These are all ways we can help him continue to upkeep the property, that type of thing. Yeah, and go down to the house. He has no problem. Go down to the house. Say, hey, I want to buy some maple syrup. Buy a half gallon. Buy a gallon of maple syrup. Yeah, please. Just support him. You know, and respect him. I mean, if there's any professional photographers who are going to do a wedding, they did a wedding or wedding shoot up on the hill. Oh, did they? Um, Yes. And they didn't even ask permission. Oh, they didn't give him any money. They didn't donate any money. Nothing. Oh, he said he saw him up there. Yeah. I'm I was like, wow. Wow. That just. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was very uh, I I plan on putting that in my all that in my article. Great. If you're there, it's, you know, he, he doesn't want to make it um, no trespassing. He doesn't want to do that. Right. And um, could he do it in a heartbeat? Of course. He could just just say no trespassing, no parking, um, you know, continue on past. Right. And um, I, I, I wouldn't fault him for doing that. No, I wouldn't either. All right. So. Um, we're about 135 days away from fall. So going yeah. forward, um, what do you, where do you see you, yourself going? Are, are you working on that coffee table book? Uh, or you want to continue well, building the website? or Always building the website. Always putting up more articles. I'm trying to work on, um, tentatively we could call it, the back roads of oh, New nice. foliage. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I'm thinking of narrowing the, um, scope down instead of trying to come up with something that covers all six states. I may just have, uh, smaller versions. And again, trying to find an editor and uh, a publisher is always difficult too. But the, uh, yeah, the, that's an ongoing project. Someone suggested uh, doing one on uh, New England or Massachusetts uh, coastline, like uh, John Kaplan did with his um, fall foliage scenics and his Cape Cod scenics. And uh, somebody suggested I do a uh, uh, Massachusetts coastline um, scenics. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm, that's an option too. 
great. But yeah, I, I'm constantly working between the website and uh, every once in a while I get some writing done. <laughs> That's always great. So again, Jeff's website is jeff-foliage.com or please go to his Facebook page at New England Fall Foliage. <clears throat> Excuse me. And on his uh, website as well, you can always comment. He's got giveaways every month. I believe there's one open currently. There's one right now. Yep, one right uh, now for a tomorrow. t-shirt. Yep, for tomorrow, through tomorrow night. There's, it's a good chance because uh, I think only about eight or nine people have uh, entered in. All you got to do is uh, go to the article and leave a comment on the article. And then tomorrow night I'll close it out and I will at random pick one of the people who commented and um, contact them as long as they left me a good email address there and um, I will send them a t-shirt. Fabulous. And then listeners, if you have questions or comments about New England, if you want to hear more about places to photograph, please go to eyesfortheroad.com and drop me some comments. I'm really hoping to have Jeff Foliage as he's known to me. Um, back on our show again um, a few more times here in the summer before the fall colors kick off and we're both out busy photographing. So by all means, please visit eyesfortheroad.com and jeff-foliage.com. And thank you so much for joining us. And again, this is April with Eyes for the Road and Jeff Foliage from Salem, Massachusetts. Thank you so much. Thanks, April. Thanks.